The poet was an amateur, and the rhyme may not be perfect, but the words the poet wrote are absolutely stunning. To know the love of God is what we truly long for. Deep in the inmost heart, we long to know the Lord. We should never want to settle for only an acquaintance without any real depth or knowing His holy presence. For God longs to be much more than just a familiar face, but rather someone more intimate, full of infinite grace. We want to know God. And so this month, as we have been sort of bringing our our theme for the year for 2016 to a close, we have been thinking through some passages from sections of the longest chapter, the longest poem found anywhere in the Bible, Psalm 119. And we've noticed that to truly know the Lord is to spend time seeking Him through His Word. Two weeks ago, we looked at verses 9 through 16, and we noticed that if we are going to truly know the Lord, it's going to take slowing down a little bit and just walking with Him. In a world that wants to hurry up and get things done, to know God sometimes takes slowing down and just walking And then last week we spent some time in verses 33 through 40 of this poem. And we gave several principles, some entreaties we call them, that David the poet made. Because we noticed that if we want to know God, we have to want to know God. There has to be a desire there. We don't just fall into truly knowing God. As Paul wrote in Romans 1, we may know a few things about Him just by observing nature and so on and so forth. But to really know Him takes a desire. And this morning... We want to consider the fact that if we are going to know God, there is a promise that we are going to make. Using verses 57 through 60 that we read, 64, excuse me, that we read together a few moments ago, we want to think about the fact that this is not just a one-time thing. This is a relationship. And because of that, there is a promise that we make that will be ongoing as we seek to know God each and every day of our lives. But before we get to that text from Psalm 119, I want to make this point. So often, we speak about salvation and our need to be saved, and certainly there is an absolute need for that. No one can enter heaven unless that person has been saved from his or her sins. And we must follow the plan that God laid out if we are going to be saved from our sins. We must have faith. We must turn from sin and repentance. We must confess that Jesus is Lord. We must be immersed, baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. At that point, a person who has done that based upon his or her faith is saved. They have experienced salvation. He or she is a Christian. But the journey is not over at that point. Yes, those things are essential. We understand that a person must continue to live faithfully. There's an ongoing process that some people used to call sanctification. Salvation is the point at which a person becomes a part of Christ, enters into Christ. But sanctification is the ongoing process that we go through each and every day of our lives. To be sanctified is simply to be set apart, to be different. And so every day of our lives as Christians, we seek to be set apart from the world. Yes, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We seek to be set apart because we are more and more like Christ each and every day. We seek to be sanctified because we are different from the world around us more today than we were yesterday. And I say all that because that is the point of this section of Psalm 119. It is what we are doing as Christians, as followers of God. It is seeking to be sanctified, to be different, 
to draw closer to the heart of God each and every day of our lives. We're going to be that living sacrifice that Paul wrote about in Romans chapter 12, set apart daily by becoming more like Christ each day. And so to do that, we make a promise. In reality, there are two promises in this text, but they're so related that we just simply call the lesson promise singular. And I'll go ahead and tell you what they are. If you have a handout, you know what they are already anyway. But the promises are very simple. I promise to know the Word of God, and I promise to follow the Word of God. Now, before you say, yes, I'm ready to make that promise, let's see what they really mean. In the first place, David writes that he promises to know the Word of God. I love verse 57 of this poem. And it's from that verse that we get not just this point, but we get the title of this whole lesson. Because in verse 57, David said, The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. Now let's look at that verse in backward order. The last part of the verse is where the promise is actually made. I promise to keep your words. Now, in a few moments, we're going to talk about following or obeying the Word of God. But implied in obeying the Word of God is the simple fact that I have to know the Word of God. I need to know what it is that I am following. Remember just a couple of weeks ago when we began this particular study, one of the verses we found all the way near the beginning of this psalm, all the way back in verse 11, David said, Your word have I stored or hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's the same concept he brings back here in verse 57. If we are going to keep the word of God, it begins by storing it up in our hearts. And so the promise begins by saying, I promise to simply know the word. Paul wrote to Timothy, a verse we mentioned last week in the New Testament, that we are to study, to show ourselves approved to God. I need to ask myself, and you ask yourself, how often do I read and study the Bible on my own, for myself? Now, I'll tell you, this may sound strange, but even as a preacher, that's a challenge. Here's what I mean by that. It's not difficult to open up the Bible because I know I've got a sermon coming up next week. And to know I've got a Bible class to teach next Sunday morning or next Wednesday night. To open up the Bible, make sure I know what this text says for that sermon, and make sure I have all the points in place, and to make sure that I know how to present those things. But here's the thing. It can be so easy to just study for sermons and lessons and not study for me. And not make certain that I'm taking the Word of God into my life in whatever circumstance I happen to be in. As a Christian, as a father, as a husband, as a neighbor, in times of joy, in times of difficulty, and on and on it goes. And the same is true of every person. No matter what you do in life or where you find yourself in life, you simply cannot know God as fully as you can know Him if you are not seeking to take the time to know His Word for yourself, to read and study it for yourself. If you want to be better as a single person, if you want to be better as a teenager, if you want to be better as a grandparent, if you want to be a better friend, if you want to be a better soul winner, or whatever the situation happens to be, we must take time to know what God has to say about those things. And that takes focused time of reading and studying. If you're ready to make that promise... Let me share a couple things that might help. In our announcements this morning, Brother Barry mentioned where it's about time for people to turn in their, their daily Bible reading forms for 2016 because amazingly this year is almost over. Can you believe it? There's only 13 days left in this entire year. But obviously because that's true, we're getting ready to start another year. 
And we're going to uh, place those daily Bible reading schedules around the building, hopefully Wednesday night. That's our goal is to have them out Wednesday night. And so Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, and Sunday, be January the 1st, you can have those ready to begin another year. Most of those daily Bible reading schedules, if you've never picked one up, most of the days take less than 20 minutes. If you read at a somewhat normal speed, some read slower, some read faster, and that's fine. Most of them take around 12 minutes. I believe the longest for me was about 20 or 21 minutes. If you have never read through the Bible, make next year the year. Or maybe it's been five or six years since you have. Make next year the year. And if you get a little behind because you know, maybe you're sick or maybe you just went through a busy season, don't get discouraged. Take, take a few days and catch up. That's fine. Or maybe you'd rather not read through the whole Bible in one year. Maybe you've done that so many times and, and you want to do something different. Make a different promise then. Make a promise that I'm going to know something about the Bible at the end of 2017 more deeply than I've ever known it before. Maybe I'm going to spend the entire year studying on my own a book like James or Philippians. Or maybe I'm going to take an entire year to think about the person of Job. Or maybe I'm going to take an entire year to study the biblical subject of faith and works and how those things interplay with each other. Look for resources. Ask the elders. Ask myself or Tyler if we have books or commentaries that we can recommend. Use our church library. Look for websites, be careful, but look for websites that will help you in those things. But take the year and say, I'm going to know more about this. What a wonderful way. And here's the key. You're making a promise to God that I'm going to know your word. But why why would you do that, though? Why, Why would you make that kind of promise? That's the first part of this verse. Verse 57 begins with David writing, The Lord is my portion. I love that wording. You may recognize that wording from somewhere else in Scripture because we sing it from time to time. It's found in the very middle of the little book of Lamentations where Jeremiah wrote, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, my hope is in Him. That's beautiful wording. But what does it mean? It literally means, the Lord is my all. We know that because David did not write in verse 57 that God is one of my portions or God is part of my life. He is my portion. He is, if you please, the only part that I need in my life. Paul wrote to Christians in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 4 and said, if you are a Christian, Christ is your life. This is the same idea just in an Old Testament context. I want to know God so well that He is my portion, that He is my life. He is everything, as we sometimes sing. And so to do that, I make the promise that I'm going to know His Word. I must make the promise I'm going to spend time seeking His heart and His will through the pages of Scripture. We are never going to know every word, uh, master, every word of every verse, of every chapter, of every book of the entire Bible. But that's part of the joy of it. It's not just, some people see that as discouraging. Well, since I can't know all of it, I'm just not going to try. It's not a discouraging thing. It's an encouraging thing because it makes for a constant pursuit of the heart of God to know Him more. So you ready to make that promise? I promise to know the Word of God. If you're ready to make that promise, then think about the other that's tied to it. I promise to follow the Word of God. 
In reality, the rest of this section of Psalm 119 from verse 58 through verse 64 speaks to following or obeying the Word of God. Not just knowing it intellectually, but doing it. But instead of taking all these verses, we're going to focus our attention on just two. Notice again what David said in verses 59 and 60. He said, When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. You see, knowing the Word of God, in other words, having it in our mind, is one thing. Following the Word of God is quite another. And it's here that we're going to bring this lesson, this series, and in some ways, this entire year's theme to its conclusion. You see, there was a little bit of a a risk, kind of an intellectual risk, in making a yearly theme that was called Strengthening Our Roots, Knowing God Through His Word and focusing from time to time through sermons on that theme. The risk is this. We cannot know God fully just in one year's time, no matter how deeply we dive into the study of His Word. And as we end the theme and we think about our roots being strengthened, we can say, well, my roots are strengthened. I know God as well as I can know Him. But if the Lord lets me see another moment, much less another day and much less another year, I want to continue to pursue Him. And know Him even more. And continue to deepen and strengthen our roots. I want you to look carefully at verse 59. Notice that David said, When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. That's obvious. You're just reading it. But think about this for a moment. What we might think David would have said is this. When I think on your ways. But that's not what he said, is it? He said, When I think on my ways. Why point that out? Because what David basically was saying is, whatever I am doing in life, I want to make certain it is within the ways of God, the testimonies of God. He's not necessarily talking about when I thought of things that I was doing, ways that I was going that were sinful. That could be a possibility. He's not necessarily saying that I was doing things that were foolish. Oh, that was a possibility. What he's saying is, whatever my way for today is, whether it's the way of a king, as David was at times, whether it's the way of a shepherd, as David was at times, whether it's the way of a husband or a father, or whether it's the way in our our day and time uh, of someone who works in a factory, or the way of a teacher, or the way of a preacher, or the way of an elder, or the way of a friend, or the way of a father, or the way of a mother, whatever your way is for right now, I want to seek the testimonies of God to guide those ways. And notice that word, testimonies. We mentioned it last week. Something that witnesses to something else. David is writing that the way of God and walking in that way testifies to something else. But what does it testify to or testify about? The very simple fact that the way of God is always right and always wise. No matter what it is, that you are striving to do in this season of life, God's Word has something to say that will always be to your long-term and ultimately to your eternal benefit and will make you wiser and better for it in that season of life or that relationship. 
And so the question becomes, am I ready to promise that I will follow the word of God? Now before you say, well, yes, absolutely, of course. Notice the other verse I want us to read and study for a moment. The attitude that David shows in verse 60. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Now most of us would say, yeah, that, that describes me really well. I mean, I'm out here on Sunday morning and it's cold out there. There's sleet and stuff. It's, it's not pretty out there. And here I am. But here's my question. Does that always describe me? Does it describe me in every relationship? Does it describe me in every circumstance? Does it describe me in my attitude towards others? You see, that's where making a promise to follow the word of God can become somewhat difficult to make if I'm going to live it out. It's easy to say I'm going to follow the word of God when I'm sitting in a room filled with people who want to do the same thing or who would make the very same promise and say, yeah, I'm going to follow the word of God no matter what. But am I willing to make the promise that I will follow the word of God with no delay, as David writes here. I will follow the commandments of God when the finances are very low at home. What about if I'm a teenager and I finally get that date with that person and it's Friday night and we're alone? What about when I'm away from home on a business trip and everybody else is headed to the bar? What about when the coach teaches me how to bend the rules just a little bit and the ref will never know about it? How about when I didn't study for the test, but I do sit next to somebody who I know studies? How about when somebody treats me like dirt? How about when my best friend announces he's homosexual and society would say it's bigoted to disagree with that? How about when the movie is really, really funny, but God's name is taken in vain? You see, it's those times when the promise is tested. It's those times that it's easier to justify why I won't follow the commandments of God than it is to, to follow them despite the fact that I may take some heat or some punishment or even persecution for saying, I promise, I promise to follow the words of God. I will not delay to follow them. Same slide as the last two weeks. I want to know God. I don't just want to know about him. And if you want to know God, not just about God, the three things we have talked about these last three weeks absolutely must be in place. First, you must know that, there is, that you must take time to slow down and to walk so you can have the time and the mental energy you need to, to dwell on him through scriptures. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Psalm 119 verse 10. And then there must really be a desire filling your heart and filling your mind. It needs to become your absolute priority in life. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. Psalm 119 and verse 40. And when you make it your desire to know him and you understand that he's God and you're not, you must make a promise, a commitment to him that you will learn and follow his word. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words, Psalm 119 and verse 57. And so with that, 51 weeks into the year, we circle back to how we began. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on God's law, he meditates both day and night. He is like a tree 
planted by streams of water, that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives or blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. That's the first psalm. Our prayer is that our roots are stronger in the word of God than they were 365 days ago. Because of that, our prayer is that each one of us knows God somewhat better, more deeply and more strongly than we did one year ago. But our prayer also is it doesn't end. That we keep on seeking his heart. That we keep on strengthening our roots. That we keep on knowing God more and more deeply each and every day for one simple reason. I want to stand in the congregation of the righteous. Here and there. Because I want to be with my God. See, I just don't want to know him here. I want to be with him. I want to spend eternity with my father. And so for a year, we've tried to encourage each of us to dive into the word of God. Not just so we can walk around town and go, look, I know these verses and you don't. I know this book and you don't. No. Because I want to know the Father. Because I want to go home. And spend forever and ever and ever by the tree of life. Don't you? Isn't that what you want out of this life? Isn't that what you want for your eternity? So may I ask this morning, who needs this morning to enjoy salvation, being baptized, immersed in water for the forgiveness of sins that God promises he will take away if he will do what he says based upon our faith? And who this morning who is a Christian needs help in sanctification, in being set apart drawing closer to God every day and being more like his son and less like this world. Who needs your roots strengthened so you can know your home will be with God by the tree of life? This morning, if you need to become a Christian or if you need to be drawn closer to him, why would you wait? Make the choice And God has already done his part. He will forgive you. If you come, we stand and sing to encourage you.